Welcome back to another episode of the School of Y podcast. We have a very exciting guest with us today, Ms. Carrie Siggins. How are you, Carrie? I'm wonderful. Thanks for having me on the show. I'm really excited to chat with you today. Yeah, me too. I uh, I met Carrie not that long ago with uh, Three Ring Circus. Her and I are both um, on the journey of getting more serious about our keynote talks, and, and we also share the same publisher. And I know you're working on a book. Is that right? That's right. Not quite ready yet, but are you allowed uh, to say the name? Oh, don't no, I'm not ready for it yet. Okay, We're gotcha. Yeah, I know. I've been there. Look, debating. Yes, it's a, people don't realize that about about books that like a lot of times you get really far down the road before you have a name. I yeah. had the same. I, I rewrote my first one two or three times before we came up with the Art of Y, and then I had a couple of ideas for. Um, this new one, Breaking Why, that came out in February, which was with Amplify Publishing. And it wasn't until really towards the end that we we had we really settled on Breaking Why. And then we had to kind of like work that back into the some of the uh, narrative. But it all was, it was all pretty much there because we realized like the whole art of, when it comes to like trying to accomplish your purpose and passion, it's not really an art so much. It's more of like a, a breaking down <laughs> Brute process. <laughs> you know, yeah, which is actually kind of, I think, you know, it's interesting. A lot of our stories, our content, our, our, our books and our talks, they all kind of come down to a similar experience. We keep, we all kind of are going through life. I know you're a businesswoman, entrepreneur, and, and many other things. And, you know, you, you've, uh, you've talked a lot about this idea of how to turn flaws into superpowers. And, and in, in my book, I've got, you know, um, how to turn, failures and opportunities and sometimes it can, we can look at ourselves and, and our characteristics as like a flaw um tell us a little bit about um you know what do you, what do you mean by turning flaws into superpowers and and what do you think flaws are yeah well um i have turned my biggest flaw into uh what i think is my super superpower um but it almost destroyed me so we can talk a little bit about that but I think our, your flaws are, you know, the biggest things that you don't like about yourself, the way that you show up that maybe doesn't build connection, builds relationships. It's the things that trigger you, um, especially when you don't fully understand those triggers. And it, and it makes you show up in a way that can be difficult, that can, um, that can trip you up, that can cause you to be your own worst enemy. But if you do the work and understand your flaws and understand those triggers, understand why you make some of the decisions that you make, you can really turn that flaw around and use it for bettering the world, for making an impact. But you have to be really intentional about that and you have to really understand what that flaw is. Interesting. Okay. So um, obviously you, you volunteered to be on the show. So tell us one of your flaws that you turned into a superpower. All right. Uh, so my biggest flaw is a very deep need to be recognized, to be seen. And I think, you know, a lot of that stems from one, my personality, like I'm not going to blame all of it on circumstance, but I certainly, uh, I certainly grew up in a situation where I wasn't always seen. My dad left when I was four and I was always trying to prove myself. And as I, you know, got into that habit of trying to please people, you know, be what people, I thought people wanted me to be, get my dad's attention, make sure I was seen as successful. 
it led to really destructive behaviors. And, um, and then I was doing things for attention, doing things to be seen, you know, maybe manipulating a situation because I wanted people to view me in a certain way. And, uh, and it was, it was incredibly destructive. Wow. Yeah. yeah, it's interesting how much <clears throat> what happens to us as a kid influences what we do yeah. for work. I, my, mine was a little different. So I grew up. Uh, my parents chose to be in um, inner city missions and and run homeless shelters. And what obviously comes with that is you're kind of in poverty. You're not homeless, but you're in poverty with those people because it's not exactly a high paying job. And that, that caused a ton of tension and stress in my family. And I remember growing up thinking, I'm never going to be poor. You know, that was like my big MO. And, you know, that's a great idea. And it's, there's nothing wrong with that. But so many destructive things can come from that being like your purpose. Yeah. If yeah. your only purpose is just to make dad proud or to make a bunch of money, like some some weird stuff's going to happen. <laughs> But, you know, and I guess I guess that's part of part of your story then, huh? That's fitting him mildly. <laughs> yeah, right. Because didn't you tell me you were? Uh, so yeah, you you. I mean, you didn't you become CEO at twenty eight or something like that? I did. Yeah, I was really young, and and it was actually it's it's a really interesting story. So, I live in Durango, Colorado, which is a rural town, Western Colorado, absolutely beautiful on the very southern um, tip of the Rockies. And, uh, and I moved here actually, uh, in 2006 after I overdosed and, okay. oh, and so, yeah, yeah. So I had Did a, you know that I've actually got 14 years under my belt? No, I didn't Over. know that about you Drugs either. Yeah. 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 I just got my 14 year trip. Congratulations. Congratulations. That's amazing. Yep. I'm on like, mine was 2008. So. Uh, yeah, no, okay, I'm so on 2008. So that 2008, 2000, I've been clean since 2008. Yeah. Wow. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So that, but okay. So I, I kind of cut you off, but I, I didn't know fine. that way. Sorry. Sorry. So you. That's okay. You I know we had to connect. Overdose. We had to connect on that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's great. That's great. You didn't even know. So that's part of my story too. So you overdosed in 2006. Yep. Which is interesting. So how old were you at that point? 27. I was just about 28. And so okay. I, I lived, I nursed myself through it. I didn't call anyone because I was like, there was no way anybody was going to see me on the floor of my apartment, but and this I is why you're it. in business, right? This is why I'm in business. So no, but, I, no, but you were, you were in business. Back oh yeah. Then. Oh yeah. 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 It was a very yeah, see, successful. That's why we, yeah. So yeah, yeah, you were self-medicating like me. Totally. Living a dual yeah, life, okay. like living a life of I'm really successful. Wow. I'm achieving and yes. doing all of these things, but I had this pretty serious drug addiction for, you know, for, for five or six years before it all came crashing down. And, and, and as I laid there on the floor of my apartment, I, I wasn't almost dying that changed it for me. It was the fact that I could not go to work for three days. I couldn't get out of bed and I defined myself by my work ethic and it didn't matter how messed yep. up I was. You play hard, you work hard, you go to work. That's it. And I couldn't. And that was it. That was when I called my mom and I said, I'm, I got to come home. I, I'm meant to do much bigger things than what I'm doing. Uh, and I need to fix this. And so I packed up my belongings. Six weeks later, I was in Durango and I had just turned 28. It was right before my 28th birthday that this happened. And uh, I applied for a job at Stone Age and the two founders uh, decided to take a risk and hire me. So I overdosed on Labor Day of 2006 and I was starting to learn how to run a company 
on January 2nd, 2007, which is a crazy yes. story. It like blows me yeah, away. Yeah, and you I, just said you got sober in 2008, which means that <laughs> you weren't quite done, right? Like, no, it takes a little while. And I didn't, power. and I didn't go to rehab. I, I know I, I decided I was going to do it on my own and, mm-hmm. uh, and living with my mom and really being able to pour myself into figuring out how to run a company and be a leader was really good. It gave me something to put my intensity into, um, but it was still up and down for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. No, what a roller coaster. And so you talk about radical transparency. Is that similar to rigorous honesty? Yeah, I would say it's very close to that. Uh, (laughs) You know, I mean, what is it? What do they say in, in, in AA, right? Your, um, you know, your darkest, what is it? Your darkest, you're only as good as your darkest secret or something like that along the line. Something like, like that. You're, always you're, only, you're, you're as thick as your darkest secret. Yeah. And All I know is that secrets definitely kill you. Exactly. Your secrets will kill you. And or the so, secrets will keep you sick. There's all kinds of nonsense. There you go. So, you know, that whole philosophy. Not that I know anything about that, that organization. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so that resonates with me. And, and so as we talk about this, as I talk about this whole idea of flawed leadership and embracing your flaws to turn it into superpower, you cannot do that unless you are radically transparent. And mm. you are, you, you oh, say like, this is who I am. And, you know, these are the things that I've done and I'm not proud of them, but I'm going to forgive myself and I'm going to use it to propel me forward. But if you keep those things secret, uh, then you don't, you can't use it as power, as fuel, uh, at least from yourself. You know, you don't have to tell the whole entire world um, like I do, but, you know, I, I believe that you do have to. <laughs> you don't have to be I that do. radical if you don't want to, guys. If you're out there no. listening, it's, you don't have to have a podcast and write a book and go around talking about it. But you if don't. you want to, it actually is pretty cool. It is. And Knock I think it, it really resonates with people. But you got to be honest with yourself. You got to be That's honest right. with the people who you're close to. Um, your family, people who you love, uh, because that that's, you know, that's, we're here for a greater purpose than that. And that radical transparency helps us, you know, feel ourselves to turn those things that we're ashamed of into something that we can be proud of. Yeah, it's always interesting to me how I can meet somebody for the first time and basically have had such a similar experience. Yeah, It's really interesting. And I, I look for those things, um, I've had some of the other people on the show, Sarah, John, and I'm just amazed at how much um, the way I know something is is true, right? And it's very, very, very true. And there's not a, there's not tons of things that you can say for sure are true in this world right. or that I know for sure, right? <clears throat> but when you see people that are from all these different walks of life and they come together, I've been to 40 countries, and, and when you see things that are the same, and, and it's consistent. It's not a, it's not a ton of things, but those things that are consistent, I, those are true. Yeah. Right? Those are principles that are undeniable. Like you're, you're using some, some slightly different words than, than I may have used in, in, in some of my stories. We, we come from a different background and yet we're finding the exact same truth. And, and there's something to be said about that. When you keep hearing the same thing over and over again from people that are really passionate about being authentic. So I talk a lot about being authentic and and the idea of authentic success, which is not just obviously driven by money. And you've put yourself out there. You're, you're very transparent more. So, so I sold my company in December. I, I don't know, at least if your social media is true, which I, I have to, I got to believe it is. You seem like even more of an authentic leader than even I was when I was running my company before I sold it. I, I, I always struggled with that. I wanted to be, but I was like, I, I, I still wanted to, 
didn't know how to bring yeah. em, my employees and staff all the way into my full-blown passion and purpose and the book. I don't know if it's because I was too nervous. If I got them so inspired, they would quit. Um, <laughs> but I don't know. Tell me about that. How, you know, how do you help others find their voices? Do you do that at work? And, and what does that look like? So to, to be radically transparent. Yeah, definitely. So when I first told my team my story, I was really scared too. Uh, I I was just, you know, coming into being sober, being clean, and Mm -hmm. we were having a team building session and talking about you know vulnerable vulnerability, sharing vulnerable stories. And so when I finally just said, you know, I'm just going to say this. I'm just going to tell people. And so I blurted out my story and I went into detail and I started crying and everybody in the room was crying. And I realized that there was this ability to create this deep, profound connection. And then other people started opening up and telling their stories and some really, really profound things came out. We learned so much about each other. And that's when I realized, oh my God, when I talk about this, when we talk about vulnerabilities and our deepest fears, We connect with people because like you were saying, we're not all that different. You know, our stories are what make our journey unique, but you know, many, many, many of us are walking, you know, similar paths. And so when you are brave enough to share that story, then it encourages others. And so through my storytelling, I've learned how to not tell my story and be able to, you know, still inspire people to to share theirs, to, to pull on the threads of their stories. So they feel more comfortable showing up as their authentic selves and being honest about who they really are. I love that. And, and I'm assuming that's how you really focus creating your culture. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Stone age is uh, stone age. We are a radically transparent company. We're an employee owned company. And so we share. How does that work exactly? Like, so it's uh, like basically profit sharing and things like that. No, it's ownership. So we're what's called an ESOP, employee oh. stock ownership plan. And so uh, that company, the employee- But it's private, right? Private uh, company. You know, it's private, but it's an, e- it's an ESOP. So it's like a private structure, but instead the tr- a trust owns it instead of individuals. Okay, and cool. then the board oversees that trust. So I'm on the board that oversees that trust. And then the employees are participants in the trust and have ownership in the company. So we're 100% employee owned. Um, the founders have sold out. And so I run an employee owned company. And so is that your choice to create that or was that already there with the founders? Uh, so they had an employee ownership structure in place, uh, Mm -hmm. but it wasn't an ESOP. And so it was skin in the game. Employees could invest in the company. And then we started buying and selling over a million dollars worth of stock every year. So we were going to have to file with the SEC and start having accredited investors. And it was just going to really damper what we were trying to do with broad ownership. And so I approached the founders and said, hey, we've got to have a more sustainable model. You're approaching your 70s. Uh, Let's either do a management buyout or an ESOP. And we decided that broad ownership was what we wanted. And so we formed the ESOP trust and and, uh, transitioned into an ESOP in 2015. Nice. Yeah, yeah, I love that. I think that, and how many employees do you guys have now? Uh, we've got about 165 worldwide. So uh, not huge, but, you know, making a big impact on 165 people's lives. That's for sure. Yeah. I love it. That's so cool. You know, yeah. so, I mean, tell me, um, I guess the other thing that I, I've been curious about, you, you're, you're getting into this, this space where you want to go beyond just your company 
to share your story and be a thought leader. What was it that made you, you know, decide that that was where you wanted to go with this? And, you know, what's kind of your, your why behind that? Sure. I'll tell you a crazy story. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, uh, so I'm all, I've always, I've always been a writer. Um, I've loved writing. I went to engineering school because my dad told me I wasn't smart enough to go to engineering school, but I always loved writing and speaking. By the I way, did make- you, I have to ask, did you, did, uh-huh. did you making CEO of 28 get your dad's attention like you wanted? Oh no, he's never even no. said he's proud of me. No, no. Oh, no. that shit never works. Yeah, I, I didn't do. I wasn't CEO. I don't guess he's, uh, you think yeah. he's going to watch this? I mean, you think? This oh, I doubt inspiring? it. <laughs> Probably not. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. Oh no. Yeah. Well, the, you know, the good news is you were CEO at twenty eight, and a lot of great stuff's happening. Exactly. It's all good. I, I'm, I'm proud of you. I'm, I'm, I'm proud, proud of you. If it makes you feel any better. Thank you. Thank you. I worked through. I, I worked through those dad issues at this point in my life, but. Um, right. Yeah, that's part of the deal. <laughs> All right, tell me about uh, story. All right, so full circle. So writer, writer, I love speaking. Went to engineering school to prove my dad wrong. I did my first public speaking event in front of a couple thousand people with like a day's notice. Somebody had canceled and my softball coach, I played softball at Colorado School of Mines, asked, hey, will you give this keynote? You're such a great leader. And I said, yes. And that's when I fell in love with it. And so, uh, so I've always had this thread of being on stage, writing, that's my passion. And then I, you know, went into business and leadership and I was feeling really disconnected from my creative side. When you're a CEO, you, you know, you don't create tangible work product. And so I was trying to figure out like, how, how do I get back to that creative passion? And so I was out for a run. I live like literally in the mountains and walked out my back door onto a trail And I was listening to some book and it was talking about, and I was figuring out how I wanted to speak more. And it said, if you really want to get back to, you know, your passion and figure out what your path is, go back to your roots. And I said, I need to write a book. I need to write. So Mm. as I said this, I'm not kidding you. Literally like 150 rabbits appear out of nowhere. There are rabbits like it was the craziest thing, like a sign, right? Of you need to go do this. Totally. Wow. And, 150. And so, 150. It was crazy. I've, I literally, the only time that something like that has ever happened. And I was like, okay, I'm paying attention. Bye. And so that <laughs> afternoon I went uh, home and I, I, made, <laughs> I wrote, I started and built a, my own website for Weebly. And I was like, well, if I'm going to write a book, I better start practicing. So I started my go. blog in 2015 and here we are. Man, I love that. And you just nailed my entire thesis on passion. So when I wrote my first book, it was mainly about purpose and i realized there was something missing to it and that this second book touches a lot more on the concept of passion because i believe if you put passion and purpose together you end up with massive profits and and those profits are not just money obviously but the the things you cannot buy uh, more time uh, uh, someone's life that's been changed your life that's been changed yep. uh, happiness freedom joy peace these are things you you can't buy um but i believe and i'm actually working on my third book it's called love the weird and Love the Weird is actually about the weird kid. You So you said roots. Basically, that kid that we were before we were letting anyone down. Yeah. Maybe it's dad. Maybe it's mom. Maybe it's someone at school or the just in general an idea of what society expects. But basically, before it was weird for me to be um, an astronaut, inventor, inventing things that like you're clearly not going to make like, like a – I made uh, time machines. I made hoverboards. I even have a hoverboard in the office. The, the first one I made, which clearly never flew, which is 
you know, why you haven't heard of me. But um, <laughs> but anyway, all that stuff is crazy, right? That's weird. You, you know, yeah. go outside and play or do something else. And I'm like inside, I was turning every room in the house into a lab, you know, and then, then when I wasn't doing that, I was like trying to be like a TV preacher. And other times it's like, we're going to go to the moon. Um, and then when I wasn't doing that, I was like, okay, cool. I'll go outside. I want to be a cowboy. And I did tons of work as an adult to, to really like hack excuse me my passion and it's one of those things where it wasn't until I really was able to re-embrace and I was like 35 when I did this so this was like five years ago it was when I was going through my divorce and I was like who am I and what am I and I, I was like the end, even though I had got sober which was the first step in like not living compartmentalized yep. you know and I think that what did you call it did you say compartmentalized or did you say you were is yeah, that what you perfect. used earlier? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, th- but that concept, I'm living two lives, two lives are dualities. And I was probably living eight lives. And, and, and it, the thing is, I wasn't necessarily doing anything wrong. I, I'd given up on drugs now on all the like really obviously external bad things, but I really was all these different people. And my journey in the last five years has been to like, go back to like really embracing it, getting to know my inner child, which through the work I've realized is an astronaut inventor, cowboy TV preacher. So that's who I am. Uh, (laughs) And today I just, I own it, you know, and it's funny because all those things are kind of why I love, love to do what I'm doing and, 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 and all this, but that weird kid is actually the secret to tapping into the passion and getting unstuck as an adult, you know? So it's interesting. You said roots, because I truly believe that that, that passion is tied to that. I think purpose for me is about, okay, how am I helping other people like how are you helping the culture in your business and how are you getting out there and doing something that's for others that especially if i'm not going to make any money off of it or any kind of direct uh, compensation those are the things that i think helping others is purpose but i have to have that passion too because i'll burn out and i won't it won't be i won't continue to be inspired so i i love that and so i, I you know i think you and i you're actually we're more like than, than i even realized you know you're like the sister brother thing there you go (laughs) well that's awesome well thank you so much for being on the show today you know it's been really nice having you on and and you're an inspiration to me and i I am so excited that we're on a similar journey um at the same time i can't wait to see what happens next with you and uh, i know you're on a lot of like major social medias Uh, your book's not out yet but we can keep where where can we kind of keep an eye on you and figure out you know where, where where to get the book when it comes out yeah, sure. So, um, you can, everything that, that I do is on my website. So carriesiggins.com and LinkedIn is my most used platform just because everything that I do is really around is around leadership. And so that's the best, but I'm trying to like make Instagram and TikTok work for me and I'm having a lot of fun. I'm not going to lie. Like I even bought like this, like little fancy TikTok. I have a TikTok account. I created one. This is a setup for, this is a setup to be able to record on your iPhone with a speaker and a light. And so you can make really great videos for TikTok and Instagram. And they have a great editing site that does all of the, like it puts all your media on it, like your logo and does captions really well. And so I literally bought this because I said, I'm going to figure out how to do more videos for TikTok and Instagram and, uh, and get better at it, even though 
I feel like I'm way too old for it, but I'm gonna. We I'm are it out. both too old for that, but I don't think we have a choice. No, We've I'm figuring it out. To do it, oh, yeah. I, I was hoping I could just stop at Instagram. I have not given into the TikTok thing yet, but I'm sure it's coming. Yeah, yes. it's like well, it's I'm I'm working on it. I'm working on it, and I'm creating. I think really fun little great videos. I I like follow a couple of people on on Instagram who inspire me, like Mel Robbins and Rachel Cruz, and so I'm like, if they can do it, I can do it. And yeah, yeah, so exactly. I, I need, that that's what I need to do. I need to get on. I I, I haven't yeah. really gone on TikTok much. My wife got into it. And she she we were doing these videos with the family yeah. where like people start appearing and you do these little chops. It's like, oh God, <laughs> you know. You don't have to do that. We, for a week, my wife was going to be like big in TikTok, you know. <laughs> and she's so, like, this we, is too now, much work. <laughs> yeah, it's ridiculous. <laughs> it was going to be this hard. Yeah. You know what I mean? So anyway, but that's awesome. Well, everybody can follow you at carriesiggins.com and then all the major medias. And then of course, yep. yeah, and everything I'm under is Carrie. Yep. Everything is Carrie Siggins. So it's easy to find me. You, you can't not find me. <laughs> okay. Now even on TikTok. So, well, all right. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. I can't wait to uh, get to talk to you more. I think I'm going to be on your show soon. So that'll be fun. Yep. Absolutely. All right. Well, thanks for all having right. me. Fun. You got it. Talk to you soon. Bye, Frankie.